welcome back to Don't Get Me Started with Disability Rights Mississippi. As always, I'm your host, Greta Martin. I'm joined here today with our communications director, Jane Walton, and we're saying a big happy birthday to the Americans with Disabilities Act. It was signed into law on July 26 in 1990, so I'm officially older than the ADA. That's great. I'm a little bit younger. (laughs) Barely. Barely. I feel great about that. So, when we, we're going to talk about the ADA today, but I just wanted to start this episode off with a little quote from President George H.W. Bush, who signed the ADA into law in 1990, and he had this great quote um, at the signing. He said, three weeks ago, we celebrated our nation's Independence Day. Today, we're here to rejoice, rejoice in and celebrate another Independence Day, one that is long overdue. With today's signing of the landmark Americans for Disabilities Act, every man, woman, and child with a disability can now pass through once closed doors into a bright new era of equality, independence, and freedom. So some really strong stuff from the first President Bush. Yes, it's a great quote. So the thing that strikes me when we talk about celebrating the ADA every year, and we just kind of made a joke about our age, but (laughs) it's 31 years old this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we talk about it so frequently as it really is the most powerful legal tool that we have with regard to civic life for people with disabilities. Um, and it touches so many areas of life and is such a vital part in the work that we do of protecting the rights of people with disabilities. And it's only been around for 31 years. Amazing. So I think when you put that into perspective, the fact that these legal safeguards have only been around for a couple of decades. Um, I think highlights obviously how far we've come, you know, when we're gonna get into some of this history of how we got here, but also how far we have to go in terms of equality and full inclusion in the community for people with disabilities. So, Greta, you're the head of our civil rights team. Mm -hmm. Y'all use the ADA um, every day in your your work. Um, So, you're the expert here, as usual. Um, so I'm going to let you get started <laughs> on um, just some of the, the history and how we got here. So can we kind of take a step back? Um, and before we had the ADA, you know, what legal protections did people with disabilities have to protect them? Yeah, so the movement for disability rights, for inclusion and equality for people with disabilities was happening long before 1990. It didn't start then. Uh, in the 1960s, for example, there were you know, Social Security amendments and included provisions that for the first time ever, people with disabilities who were under the age of 50 could receive Social Security disability insurance benefits. Um, you know, you can't talk about the 60s without talking about the Civil Rights Movement, of course, and ultimately the Civil Rights Act of 1964. Um, many people are familiar with that. Um, as much of a landmark as that act was, and, and still is, it did, not directly, it did not directly address the rights of people with disabilities, unfortunately. Um, so disability advocates were able to build uh, the language of the act for later legislation, and I would argue that they were also able to galvanize the public interest and energy and equal rights to build toward the ADA, which is important. Um, You gotta start somewhere with major pieces of legislation like this. Right. And you know, you've got the civil rights movement going on in the 60s, but all the while there were people, um, there was lots of things going on in the disability community as well. 
The People First movement was centered on the concept of self-advocacy, something we also push here at Disability Rights, and focused on reframing the way that people with disabilities were spoken about. Um, it, it put their personhood and their humanity at the forefront, and so that's very important. And again, also something that we strive for and we uh, recognize here at Disability Rights Mississippi. Yeah, it's cool to you know see kind of the timeline of you know as unfortunate as it is that the Civil Rights Act of 1964 did not include that language right. that um, you know people with disabilities you know had to were led the charge themselves really in this people first movement um and that movement really kind of defined the Mm -hmm. way kind of we speak about disability rights today you know Mm -hmm. um and so it's it's cool that that movement was led by people with disabilities themselves right right and that's something we strive for even today you know there is a very popular motto within the disability community uh you know you don't do it for us, do it with us, right? right? They want to be a part of uh, centering their rights that work for them. Um, And just like any piece of legislation, the ADA, um, the history of the ADA, you see the stepping stones, you see the building blocks that ultimately led to this being signed into law in 1990. So also in the 1970s, you had some really important legislation that impacted individuals' disabilities, and that was the the Rehabilitation Act in 1973. Um, You'll hear me refer to that as Section 504 a lot. Right. And in that section, um, you saw a discrimination ban on the basis of disability uh, for organizations that receive federal funding. Gotcha. You got a significant legal change there. And finally, there was a public acknowledgement of the prejudice and discrimination that people with disabilities had been experiencing in the United States up until that point. Yeah, so really important legislation, but a big caveat of it only providing mm-hmm. protections for organizations that were receiving federal funds. So right. pretty limited mm-hmm. in scope as important right. as it was. Again, just another stepping stone. You yeah. know, you, you get, it's just like they're chipping away at doing the right thing. Right. <laughs> but we're almost there. Yeah. The train's almost to the station and we're, we're, we're moving forward. So then we have the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act, which occurred in 1975. Um, In some of our previous episodes, we refer to that as the IDEA. Right. Um, That's going to establish free, appropriate public education in the least restrictive environment and is a crucial legal component of the work we do here in our children's rights team. And again, we talked about this in depth with our children's rights attorney, Victoria Anderson, in a previous episode. It's stuff we do every day. It's a big part of our work here. And so a very important piece of legislation that led up to um, the 1990 ADA. And so couple of years later, you, in 1977, you had the 504 sit-ins, and that started in San Francisco and, and just kind of spread around the country. And these protests, uh, disability rights activists were trying to basically bring attention to the fact that while Section 504 was a huge step, the language of the law was very broad, very vague. Activists felt like there had to be more clear regulations. Right. Um, it just didn't go far enough. Yeah. So, that brings us to the late 80s where you had the Civil Rights Restoration Act, and that increased kind of the reach of anti-discrimination laws. Okay. Um, and, of course, that's going to bring us right to 1990. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Capitol Crawl was a very historic event in which uh, where disability rights activism um, really kind of rooted itself. And so in March of 1990, people with disabilities descended upon the Capitol and they, you know, applied enough pressure to Congress to pass the ADA. Yeah, and it's called the Capitol Crawl because mm-hmm. it was kind of led by people talking about access to public transit right. and mm-hmm. people with disabilities shed their uh, mobility aids and right. their wheelchairs and literally crawled up the steps of the Capitol to make a statement, which yes. is such a powerful image. Very historic moment in you know disability rights activism. Um, you know, it led to the historic moment on July 26th when right. the Americans with Disabilities Act was signed into law. Um, and the ADA affirms and protects the rights of all people with disabilities with regards to employment, government services, and other areas of public life. It was truly the far-reaching legislation that people were seeking. Um, you know, I would not be an attorney if I said it also does not have its problems right. and its limitations. Right. But um, it, it, it was landmark in that disability rights activists and people with disabilities saw what they had building they had what they had been building toward. Right. Yeah. Finally the language in the law specifically was referring to people with disabilities and they weren't trying to work around kind of in -hmm. these other anti-discrimination laws. Yeah. Yeah. And it really held people to task. Like, you know, if you um, are not in compliance with the ADA, it's, there are actual, you know, there's consequences. Right. And then that's what people with disabilities wanted. They wanted some meat, some bite behind non-compliance of these laws that allow them to live, a norm, you know, a life like you and I live. Right. Um, they want access. They want independence. They want equality. And so this was a, a huge step um, in the right direction. Yeah. So, like you said, you know, this helps people with disabilities, you know, have access to these meaningful lives like anybody else. Um, so when we talk about these protections, what does that really look like in the everyday lives of people with disabilities when you kind of take down the, you know, highfalutin language of law. What does this look like kind of on an everyday scope for people? So the signing of the ADA ensured, to put it simply, that millions of Americans received the same basic freedoms of independence, equal access, freedom of choice, and inclusion in their communities. Um, all, other, all other American citizens have this, and so it's important that um, we include those people that have disabilities that limit their access, that limit their ability to be independent. Um, this is going. To, this law ensures that people can live independently. They can get a college degree. Um, it's protection for people who have, you know, unseen disabilities. Yeah. Um, people with mental health conditions. Right. The ADA just means a lot in many different ways to people with disabilities. So, kind of in looking ahead at the. 31st anniversary of the ADA, Um, you know, there's this hashtag, thanks to the ADA, that you can see on social media, and I was looking through some of the responses um, of what stories people were sharing, and one that really struck me is just an able-bodied person that likes to get outside is uh, the ADA protects having access to the outdoors and recreation. Like, I love to go to the park and go for a walk and, you know, people that want to go fish at, at, at a public park, you know, it makes it accessible. And that's just, you know, 
something that's just like everyday thing that I would totally take for granted. The ADA has established protections to ensure that people with disabilities have access to those areas in the community. Yeah, and that of course applies to buildings, public transportation, streets, sidewalks in our communities. Um, you know, we recently talked about service animals on the right. podcast and and where do those protections for people with disabilities utilizing a service animal come from? You guessed it. That's the ADA at work. Yeah. Um, the ADA established the right to a reasonable accommodation. That's a big, big, big area of assistance we provide here is helping people understand what reasonable accommodations are, how to get them, what happens if you're denied a reasonable accommodation at work or school. Um, When we talk about employment and we talk about students outside of the public school system going into colleges or universities, of course, accommodations can protect their rights in the classroom. Mm -hmm. Um, We talk about going into the community, going into businesses and receiving services. It really is the tool we utilize here when we're talking about protecting the civil rights of people with disabilities. We have multiple projects, um, especially in our civil rights uh, team, that we look at public facilities, public services throughout the community. And it's not just a complaint that came in. We just kind of take it upon ourselves to go out in the community and make sure that areas and places uh, where people need to go is it also accessible for those people with disabilities? Yeah, and I would say it is safe to say there is still a long way to go. Yes. Um, (laughs) And, you know, one thing is, you know, the ADA law itself obviously applies to all areas of public life, Mm -hmm. but I think, you know, when you think about the holistic, you know, approach of what kind of builds a meaningful life Mm -hmm. and having access to these public things kind of in your private life too you can be more fulfilled so um it really is yeah like we said it is it's the big one (laughs) it is it is um but it's very it's very broad um you know of course we help everybody um you know anybody who calls our office that is experienced some kind of discrimination under the ada whether it be at work or school or just out in public but something that we have done in the past and are happy to do are if businesses or, you know, state leaders, local leaders, municipal city leaders need some education on what is the ADA? Am I doing this correctly? What can we do to better serve our citizens with disabilities? Right. We are always available to provide rights training, to provide guidance and counseling. That is mm-hmm. just something as the PNA for the state of Mississippi that we are obligated to do and we are happy to do. Yeah. So, you know, I know we always put in our show notes and end every episode with please call us if you have a complaint, but yeah. also please call us if we can help. Yeah. Because we want to be a resource, not just... Um, an advocacy source. We want to help people who want to help their communities. Right. So, yeah, and that's, uh, don't be afraid to ask questions. You right. know, like we said, this is right. only 31 years old. Like, you mm-hmm. know, it's never too late to learn or, you know, change your perspectives. So. 100%. This yeah. is not, I did not do disability law in my past life. Um, I had to learn the ADA rather quickly when I took this job about three years ago. Mm-hmm. So I had a lot of questions and I had to, you know, learn it very quickly. So there's no shame, even if you are an attorney or you're someone with legal knowledge, there's no shame in not knowing. Right. Just because this is a very specialized area of law and um, it's a very large area of law. So we are always happy to help educate with no judgment and, and 
just a sense of community and, and good, good, good things for people that want to learn and, and be better. Absolutely. Yes. Well, thanks for giving us a little yeah. bit of history. Happy birthday to the ADA. Yes, yes. So if you have any questions about your rights under the ADA or you feel your rights have been violated, as I mentioned before, please feel free to contact us. We are happy to hear your story and see how we can help. Um, you can find our contact information at www.drms.ms, where you can also learn more about what we do, our focus areas, and all of the good stuff that we have going on here at the agency. You can catch us on Twitter and Facebook to stay up to date on the latest from DRMS. And until next time, this is Greta Martin with Disability Rights Mississippi, and we are just getting started. The information provided during this episode does not and is not intended to constitute legal advice. All content provided by Disability Rights Mississippi on this podcast is for informational purposes only.